Why didn't you tell me this morning I was being canned? I couldn't say anything until it was official! Wait a minute! Wait a minute, guys! Wait! Jeez. You did it, didn't you? You fired these guys after all they contribute. Jack. Ah, oh, don't jack me after the support. Jack. Oh, man, after the devotion they gave you. You're fired, too. Now, you fired me. I'm, I'm fired? You son of a... No! Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the laughter. <laughs> the heroes. Pick up your phone and call the professionals. Go Ghostbusters. And the honesty. What's up, Norm? My nipples. It's freezing out there. <laughs> because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Sure, it's not 1985 right now, but who knows what tomorrow will bring. Welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears. And Brad in LA. And today we talk about our crazy and insane job stories from the 80s. Crazy, insane? Insane? Crazy? Steve, don't forget, Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Podcast Network. You and all our listeners can find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and the CLNS Media mobile app. I don't want to sell anything, buy anything, or process anything as a career. I don't want to sell anything bought or processed or buy anything sold or processed or process anything sold, bought or processed or repair anything sold, bought or processed. You know, as a career, I don't want to do that. Pounds, dollar, millionaire, dollar, pound, dollar, This week, Steve, we are joined by the inestimable, the incalculable, the indeterminately valuable Jen with one N. Someone's got his thesaurus out. Hello, all. She's woot. woot. She's infamous. Even better than famous. Okay, I know that one's bad. So anyway, this week, we're going to talk about what we always talk about, getting laid off. What? What? Let's just get this news out there uh, right at the top. Uh, the reason we're doing this topic this week, and this is a topic we've talked about a lot. We want, we wanted to like do this eventually, but on our own terms. Uh, stories. <laughs> because uh, jobs have been on my mind a lot lately, and that's because last week I was laid off from my regular job. McFly! Fujitsu-san! McFly! I was monitoring that scan you just interfaced. You are terminated! Terminated? No, no! It wasn't my fault, sir. It was needles. Needles was behind and the whole you thing. you cooperated. No, I did. It, uh, it was a sting operation. I was, I was, I was setting them up. Read my no, thoughts. No, please, no! I cannot be fired. I'm fired. Ah! Uh. 
Ooh. Yeah. Unhappy. Yeah, not thrilled myself. But that's the way it goes. We have a lot of friends out there in 80s Nation uh, who are going through the same thing right now. And that's cool. We're all here for each other. So what I think we'll do today is we'll we'll share some personal stories of our weird jobs that we had in the 80s. Uh, and the insane things that we have had happen to us while at work. Along the way, we'll we'll have some self therapy. You know, mm. we'll we'll find that urge to live on to to uh, to uh, create one more online profile at another job site in hopes that uh, eventually we will all get back to full employment. And along the way, we'll sprinkle in some of our favorite job related clips from our favorite '80s movies. Dick, you're fired. Thank you. So, Steve, what happened? How'd you find out? So, last Wednesday, they sent out this email to the whole company saying we're having a massive restructuring and we're going to trim about 20% of the workforce today. And uh, everyone will know by noon (laughs) if you're going to have a job or not. And so, we're all sitting there at our desk waiting for the next email to come. And sure enough, at about 9.50, I got an email saying, you know, your, your presence has requested a 10 o'clock meeting to discuss your future with the, within the new restructuring. Uh, and I'm like, oh, shoot. So it's like, you know, when you're like, a, when you're like a wounded seal or a wounded dog and like all the rest of the pack scatters, they can sense that you're right. dying. You're dying. Like, you, it might be catching. I'm getting out. So I walk out of my uh, office and I'm looking around for someone to talk to. Nobody's in their office near me. Like all my friends have like scattered. Like I'm out. Yeah. I'm like, oh shoot, I'm screwed. (laughs) (laughs) And so I walk in the room and you know, it's this big conference room. The HR director's there, and on the desk are a whole bunch of like folders with our names on it. Mm. That's like severance package written all over it. So they they let me go. That was my last day. I was I, I got a few hours to clean out my my office and um, people were very nice to me. Um, you know, I have a lot of positive feelings about the work I did while I was there. And, uh, but uh, I am free to pursue my dreams such as they are when you're 50 years old. That's so, so rough. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm thinking of the scene in broadcast news now where people are getting <laughs> laid off and, and one of the guys, one of the older guys gets laid off and one of the higher up says to him, so sorry this happened. I hope, you know, I hope everything's okay for you. Good luck. And the guy responds, well, I hope you die soon. Yeah. He's like, if there's anything I could do, let me know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Trust me. The whole, the whole day was like broadcast news. uh, It was like that, that part. There was allegedly there were police, like armed police people there in case something got crazy. Oh gosh. I I didn't see them. And, and nobody I knew went crazy. I mean, you know, we're in the publishing business. People kind of, you kind of know you're, it's like when you're making horse yeah. saddles in, you know, 1920, you know that your, <laughs> your career has limited. Yeah. So that all happened. And if you see me online a lot more lately, now you know why. In 2009, I was laid off in similar circumstances. I was working for Disney Channel and they had a company-wide email go out. It was a, I think it was a Monday morning. I don't even remember. And it basically was from the head of the division. And she said, you know, there's going to be some changes. We're going to have some big meetings today. And I was homesick that day. And so I called my boss immediately and I said, hey, I saw this email. I don't feel great, but if you need me to come in, I will be there. And 
Yeah, I should have known then. The conversation was a little weird. He's like, no, I'm good. I'll call you in a little bit. And like 45 minutes later, I get a call and he says, you know, Brad, I'm here with HR. And I'm like, oh, crap. Here we go. And so I'm sitting on the couch. Katie's standing in the kitchen and I put my hand over the receiver and I say to her, I'm getting laid off. And then I go back to listening to it. So. You know, everyone was like, I can't believe they did that to you while you're at home. And I'm like, you know, actually, it was kind of nice because the liquor cabinet's right there (laughs) and I don't have to go home. I don't have to drive home thinking about it. It's just it's happened and I'm already in my house. Yeah, But I visualized the people that were at work that day getting to punch Mickey Mouse in the face. (laughs) Do you think they did that? I mean, you weren't there. You don't know. It could have happened. I don't think he stops by the Disney Channel building that often for that very right. reason because TV people are violent. He's seen broadcast That's news funny. and he knows what kind of thing. Exactly. So. I was going to do your family a favor and hook up the Disney Channel for free. Well, forget it. Well, I think, um, Steve, this is a good idea that you're doing. You're sort of taking lemons and making lemon-flavored crystal light out of it by doing this show today. So good I'm, taking, on you. I'm, taking, I'm taking lemons and making lemon shots out of them is what I'm really doing. So Also works. By the way, my night ended, by the way. Like, I went home. I didn't drink. I uh, made all the phone calls I had to make to people. Brad and I talked, and I messaged yeah. Jen, and... Um, you know, I alerted, you know, the, the 80s nation cabinet that, uh, you know, they may be needed. And stupidly, I didn't drink. I didn't take any sleeping pills that night. I went to bed. I did not sleep one wink. And then I woke up at 1230 in the morning with violent anxiety complexes and threw up all over the place. Oh. <laughs> but, I'm with uh, the show. I'm with the show. <laughs> Hello. This this our ep- pain is your game. <laughs> uh, this episode of Stuck in Asia is brought to you by Banquet Frozen Meals. One pound of food for a dollar ninety nine or less. <laughs> easy in, easy out. Okay, so let's talk about some personal stories. Uh, Brad, get us started. What were some of your more interesting jobs of the eighties? Okay, well, one of my jobs is a job that I don't think exists anymore, and that was Paperboy. <laughs> Um, I started I started delivering the local the local newspaper in Weatherford, Oklahoma when I was in sixth grade. And what is a newspaper? Had, I'm sorry. Uh, oh it's it's like a printed version of Google News. Okay. Go on. Only it's one person's viewpoint, right? Instead of all these different sources. So yeah, the Weatherford Daily News was uh, not daily, actually. It was Tuesday through Friday and Sunday mornings. Yeah, so I did that rain, shine, snow, sleet. I remember in the snow I would deliver the uh, newspapers in my track cleats because that was the only way I could do it without falling down. Oh my god! Uh, I guess you know if if you get a paper anymore, it's delivered by some guy in a three hundred year old station wagon, right? <laughs> yeah, no muffler. That's part of the hiring no, no, no muffler. Is you do not have a yeah, muffler for you. It's got to have at least four hundred thousand miles on it, and it should be dark green. It's Uncle Buck. Uncle Buck is delivering your paper if you still get one today. <laughs> Brad, were you saving up for something? I was actually, and uh, guess what I was saving up for, Jen? Just guess. A bassoon. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. I'll give you that. No, bassoons are far more expensive than the item that I was saving for. Was it a telescope? But at the last minute, you changed no. your mind because a girl at school ruined her dress, and she offered to pretend that she was your yeah, girlfriend that, if you would just pretend that, that she movie is autobiographical. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's not it either. But you're getting closer. It was a computer. I was saving for a computer. I'm such a dork. Yeah. <laughs> you really are. Yeah. Sorry. I know. I know. And it's it's it's. I've done pretty well by being a dork, so it's working out. Yeah. 
Um, as I got older, I started working at the movie theater in town and I worked at a lot of movie theaters kind of from then through college. That was just kind of a good stable job. And actually it was a great, um, job for doing homework because there's a lot of downtime in between movies. Makes sense. Super practical. One summer I worked at, uh, McDonald's. Like I needed some, I needed some, some extra scratch. It was the summer before I took a big trip to play my bassoon in Europe with the orchestra I was in. <laughs> and, uh, so I worked lunch shift at McDonald's and I worked at the movie theater at night and the McDonald's, oh my gosh, I've never worked so hard in my yeah. life. Like they are so, so well, well set up for extracting maximum labor from, you know, from you. I was not standing still for a minute when I was there. You're just busting ass. You know why? You know why though? It's the motto. Cause yeah, you have time to if lean. You got time to lean. You got time right. to clean. Brad, was this during the McDLT era or when, what, what were you serving? Do you remember? That was the summer of 1984. It was the year of the great McDonald's Olympics game. Oh. <laughs> they, had the, they had the giveaways, right? They had the big contest for the Olympics. Uh-huh. And if the U.S. Won, an, a, won a medal in the sport that you had the sport for, then you would win different food items. And that was the year that the Eastern Bloc pulled out. So the U.S. won all the medals. Oh, so, like, we were just we were shoveling free food out, of, you know, into just trucks for people who would bring in, like, you owe me 64 French fries oh, and a large. Awesome. Coke. <laughs> no, so I, I mean, it, yeah, I, I didn't care, right? It's not my money, but we gave away so much food that summer. It was amazing. May I help you? Uh, yes. This is not the best breakfast I ever ate, and I'd like my money back. Uh, okay. Uh, I believe you have to fill out a form for that. Uh, no, I'd like my money back now. I'm sorry, it doesn't work that way. You see, I have to fill out a form, and well, you ate most of it already, so. See that sign? It says 100% guaranteed. You know what the meaning of guarantee is? Do they teach you that here? Sir, if you just wait a minute. Look, just put your little hand back in the cash register and give me my $2.75 back, please, Brad. Sir, if you just give me a minute, I'll find the forms. I'll take care of everything. I don't have a minute. You've made me late enough. I am so tired of dealing with incompetence. It says 100% guaranteed, you moron. Mister, if you don't shut up, I'm going to kick 100% of your ass. So, Jen, what were your, some of your jobs in the uh, 80s? Okay, so I have to confess, or I think I think 80s Nation might know, I'm a little bit younger um, in that I didn't graduate till 1991, so I didn't have a, a lot of jobs during the 80s. Um, the first job I ever had was in the 80s, and it was bagging groceries at this grocery store called Smith's Food and Drug, which I think is a... Nice. You, do you know Smith's? Is that a California? I know it's West Coast, but I don't know if it... Is all the way over. I've not seen one here. Okay, we're so, more about the Ralphs and the Bonds and the Albertsons. Gotcha. Here. Yeah. So it was. I think it was originally called Smith's Food and Drug. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they dropped the the food and drug part. It seems kind of obvious if you're a market. <laughs> but um, but this is when I was <laughs> <laughs> living in Las Vegas, and I talked about this on the uh, the teachers episode we did earlier. Yeah. And um, talked about how. One of the guys from head of the class, one of the actors from head of the class, I, I bagged his groceries. But my favorite story from um, bagging groceries in Las Vegas was one night. Um, it was pretty late. It was almost 11, so almost closing time. And Sebastian Bach drives up in a white Lamborghini and he gets out looking like Sebastian Bach, like hardcore rocker, with two young ladies on I literally uh-huh. <laughs> two of them come out of the car and he's got one on each arm and he goes in. I don't know what he bought. Cause I was doing carts outside 
<laughs> but but I was like, <laughs> yeah. I think that's Sebastian Bach, and I think he lived near nearby. Um, but it was so funny because I was like, oh my god, like it's true. <laughs> <You know? laughs> it's not just in the videos on MTV, right? Right. Like he wasn't wearing you know loafers and came in with his wife. It was <laughs> it was like yeah. Sebastian Bach with the hair and the car and the two ladies with. I remember that's thinking funny. they have very high heels on. But yeah, I mean, so that was my first, that was my first job and it was a, it was a good job and, and it, because it was such a big store. So there'd be like groceries and then the drugstore part, but then on the outside, there'd be like a little Chinese food place and a video store and a post office. It was like a huge, huge store. Yeah. Um, so I'd walk miles every time I was there, <laughs> <laughs> truly. But my, but what I learned and my husband now, what I learned was his first job also in the eighties was also as a grocery bagger. In Maine, at a store called Future Foods, which I think is the funniest name for a grocery store. Definitely. Oh my gosh, you guys were—it's—it's it's ordained. Oh yes, we were a match from the beginning. So it was bagging groceries, and then my other job, which technically was in the beginning of 1990, but I'm gonna squeak it in there. We'll grandfather it in. Thank yeah. you, because I again didn't have a whole heck of a lot of jobs. Was at this bookstore called Little Professor, which was in the same shopping plaza <laughs> as the grocery store. Okay. I know. I know. <laughs> So I'm, I'm, I'm one thing I'm good at. I was good at it then. And I'm still good at it is getting the job. Like I'm a really good interviewer and I'm an interviewee and I'm a really good, like I can make a good looking resume and my cover letter is aces. So I got the job pretty easily. Once I got yeah. the job, I realized I wasn't that good at the job. <laughs> but <laughs> like, not, wait, you want me to do what? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like a typical, you know, clerk at a bookstore job. It wasn't complicated, but I was so young. I kind of, I don't know. I, I took it seriously, but perhaps not seriously enough. Um, yeah. yeah. So I, I didn't keep that job for that year. <laughs> I think I was gone by the time I started college in uh, in the fall of 91. But uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it was good. But there was one cool thing about working at a bookstore and anyone who is listening who's worked in a bookstore is so there's a lot of... Um, paperbacks that don't get sold, but it's actually cheaper to just keep them and then you get credit back for them. What they do is they uh, rip off the cover. Does that sound familiar to yeah. you? So they rip off the cover and then they send them back. But then um, every month that they do this, we would have like a rotating system where people would get to go first or they'd have to go last or whatever, but they'd get first pick of all these books. And if you were lucky, it was like fiction, you know, yeah. fiction time to do it. And uh so that was the coolest like, part. How to how to program the computer that your dorky friend Brad bought? Yeah, exactly. You're like, please don't pick me for first round. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so that was fun. So every, you know, I I think I've pretty much cleared them out at this point. But for years, I would have like you know random Herman Melville with a paper photocopy oh, of the cover. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, That's funny. Margaret Atwood, or but I think eventually they all got given away at some point so now i have just regular books again those are my two jobs that i remember from the from the 80s where'd she get the money to pay for this well it wasn't that much i had some money from your new job uh yeah for my new job i came home before work on wednesday and your car was in the driveway mm-hmm no you didn't have to lie to me Yes, I did. No, you didn't. Yes, I did. I had a line on something and I missed the appointment. Oh, why'd you miss the appointment? It slipped my mind. It didn't slip your mind. You didn't want the job. You just went to the counselor because I forced you to. Am I right? Now, what's your point, Andy? My point is you just didn't go. Are you saying I deliberately missed the appointment? Yes. 
Is this how you feel about me? Yes. Well, I didn't know this. Well, now you do. So, Steve, what do you got there? Okay, so Brad and I's uh, careers, such as they were in the 80s, um, have some similarities to them. Uh, the first job I ever had was delivering newspapers. Yeah, and, baby. And I did it before I even know how to drive. My best friend's mom would drive us. It was it was a one day a week job. We only did the you Sunday. Driven, you lazy bastard! I had to oh, ride no, my no. bike. No, trust me here. I mean, we're, it's a bigger city than Weatherton, but uh, so it's I, Weatherford. We'll respect. So Weatherville, anyway. <laughs> it was only one night a week. It was Saturday night for the Sunday newspaper, and she would drive us to like this little um, compound, like the little they were they were scattered all across Tampa Bay. Yeah, and we would go there, and newspapers on Sunday come in like two pieces. Like there's the, all the part mm-hmm. of the newspaper that's been printed ahead of time, oh, yeah, like the feature the section, the travel section, all the inserts and all that kind of stuff. That's all sitting there waiting for you. And then what you're waiting for is the last part of the newspaper, like the the A section, the metro section, the sports section. And they all kind of arrive there like around midnight. So they all arrive and suddenly you're putting 500 newspapers together like, okay. And so you're, you're taking the, the, the brand new stuff and shoving the, the guts of the, you know, the stuffing into the turkey and you wrap it up and you throw it in a <laughs> truck and uh, – and you go on your way. And like, so I would do that once a week. I didn't have a car or a driver's license. So like, I think I made 25 bucks or 30 bucks. And it was like, it was pure profit. Cause I didn't a, a week. Yeah, that was it. So, cause it was one oh night. So, so let, let's, let's compare here. So you delivered 500 papers in one night. That is more than double the number of papers I delivered in five days. And you made 25 bucks a week. I was making $40 a month. I was getting paid four cents a paper. I delivered. <laughs> Okay, so I had an. You win. So, but other jobs I had, I, I did. I did work at McDonald's. Woot woot. Did you work the grill? Yeah, I worked the. You had to work the grill. If you were a guy, she's on ten. If you were a guy, you worked the grill. If you were a woman, they they made you front counter at my mm, at so my McDonald's. At my McDonald's, and they the, paid you more if you were a female. Interesting. Because at you my McDonald's, if you had any brains at all, you got pushed back in the kitchen. And the cash register was an electronic babysitter. So I had like maybe two shifts at the cash register. And then I was back in the back sticking my hand into the hot grease. Yeah. So it was it was pretty much awful. And But, I mean, we used to learn to play air hockey with the uh, <laughs> the uh, hamburger patties and all that kind of stuff. And we'd come up with new original recipes to, to use chicken McNuggets where we'd wrap them in cheese and dip them in oil and cover them with McRib sauce and all this kind of stuff. So it was, it was a lot of fun. Oh, that sounds kind of good. <laughs> it was. <Living> the dream. <laughs> I'm kind of hungry right now. But uh, the, the best job I had was I worked at a video rental store called Pick a Flick that was just like a small, like four store chain here in Tampa Bay. And okay. this is back in the day. Well, when mom you, and pop type place. Very much so. And you, but it was, it was still in the day when you could have like a whole porno section behind like a special curtain. <laughs> By special curtain, do you mean a curtain? I mean like a bamboo. You mean like hanging beads usually. A usually it's like a bamboo, bamboo curtain. I see. So I see. Um, one day I'm in there. And like the one store I worked at, there was only ever one person working there at a time because volume was so low. It didn't matter. I would sit all day like, and watch movies on the couch. And like th- five <laughs> times a day, somebody would come in. Couch? Yeah, there was a couch. And so five hmm. times a day, someone would come in and like rent a movie. And I'd be like, oh, okay, you know. But one day... <laughs> Just leave the buck on the counter. 
this guy comes in. This guy comes in and he's I recognize him because he's been in the news. And it turns out he's like the football coach of the rival high school. Uh. I'm like, oh my God, you're such and such. He's like, Yeah. I was like, Oh my God, yeah, you know, I, I played football at this school and you know, you're the rival high school and you know and you were an amazing coach. He's like, oh, you know, thank you very much. Like, so, you know, what do you want to rent? And he puts down this stack of videos, and they're all pornos. <laughs> <laughs> and you can tell, like, at this point, he's now pretty embarrassed because I, I know who he is. Pillar of the community. <laughs> and he goes, have you watched any of these? Are they any good? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. I you know, if they're here, you know, they're probably pretty good. You know, I don't, I don't know. You know, I can't say. But he used to come in there after that and like, he'd be like, oh, my buddy Steve is here. You know, like, so have you checked out any of the new pornos? Are they any good? Oh, no. <laughs> like, uh, I think at this point he was out of coaching, but um, it was still pretty embarrassing. It was embarrassing more for him. But uh, yeah. you know, is it the most embarrassing moment of my life? Absolutely not. So, <laughs> I mean, it won't even be the most absolutely embarrassing uh, story of this podcast. And we'll get to that in a minute. So. Hey, Steve. Yes. At the movie store, was it at that point VHS beta? Like, what was the No, it was breakdown? all LaserDisc. It was all VHS. Okay. And the big movie yeah. was Back to the Future, and it was always checked out because it turned out that the other person who worked at the video store had to deal with the pizza store where they could rent whatever movie they wanted in exchange for free pizzas. And they always had Back to the Future checked out. So I used to always pass off saying, well, we don't have that, but... Watch Better Off Dead instead. <laughs> have, you, have you seen Debbie Does Dallas? <laughs> it's like, I know one high school football coach who thinks it's amazing. That's a pretty good scam, though, <laughs> free, for free pizza. Yeah, you is. know, it's funny. One of the theaters I worked at, we had a pizza place next door, and we would let all of them in for free and just because we got like a free pizza every night. It was great. Yep. Like, I don't care. We're never sold out. You know, you want to go to the movies? Come on in. <laughs> I think teenagers are very inventive at coming up with scams where they can get free stuff. You know, it's funny. I'd completely forgotten about this, but when I that that very movie theater, I was the assistant manager at that theater. You know, ooh, I think it was my freshman year in college, and there was this system. At least there used to be. I don't know if this is still true, but it used to be where there was this kind of courtesy pass business that would go between theaters. You could always get into the place you worked for free, but if you could get your manager to call into the theater, you could call and say, you know, hey. You know, Steve, this is this is Brad at the Fox Fullerton. I've got a couple employees that want to come to the 930 screening of Back to the Future. And uh, they'd be like, oh, sure, you know, just write them out a pass and send them over. And so for I, I would say for at least through the late part of the 80s, I had a stack of passes from the Fox Theater in my glove box. And I would just call from the payphone outside the theater and set myself up a pass and then go to the movies for free. It was amazing. Nice. So we, we we talked about what, what you what we did in the eighties. What did you actually want to be when you were growing up in the eighties, Brad? Oh, I I wanted to be a nerd, and I have succeeded. <laughs> yes. No, honestly, from the time I was in junior high school, I'm like I'm going to be an engineer. So wow. there you go. That's Somehow I had that clarity. I don't yeah. I don't know. I had a, a moment of sheer panic about halfway through my college career where I thought maybe this is a bad decision. And I remember looking through the course catalog and figuring out there wasn't anything else really that I wanted to do more. So I finished it up. Jim, nice. what did you want to do? Um, you know, you asked me that and I, I can't really remember. I think I remember as a kid just from early on wanting to be a writer. Um, 
And then at a certain point, I wanted to be an actress, which I did become both of those things at a certain point. Um, or, you know, I, I write a lot in my job now. Mm-hmm. And I vaguely recall wanting to be a mom. But what I didn't know then that I know now is that it actually is a job. And it's really effing hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then, you're not kidding. Really, yeah, no, I had some really um, idealistic thoughts about it at the time. Um, but now I'm, I, I, I love it for sure. It's my favorite job, but, but it is certainly the hardest. One. And you're a super mom. I mean, like I follow you on Facebook and I know what you do day to day and you, you really give your life to that. And I, I'm really impressed. I try. It's, it's definitely fun. Like, like I don't want to, it's not a grind. It, it feels like a grind sometimes, but, <laughs> but, it, but, it's, that, yeah. but it's fun. It really feels like a lot of fun most of the time. So, um, I'm looking up at the wall and there's this little, um, Kind of a reminder. When I used to work at the St. Pete Times and you would switch jobs, they would always mm-hmm. create a fake front page for you. Okay. When I switched from being a newsroom guy to being a web guy, they reached out to like all my friends and family to find out like, well, you know, what photos do you have of Steve when he was a kid or this or that or what's job related? And they reached out to my mom <laughs> of all things and she sent them in. Like this thing that I wrote like in second grade. I'm, I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm reading it now. It says, when I get big, I want to be a pilot. I'll ride TWA in a big plane by Steve S. <laughs> and, the nice. teacher, That's so sweet. and the teacher wrote like a little mark. It says, good. And it's circled. So I, I did well. Yay. So that was what I wanted to be when I was a little kid. Um, now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get on to something fun. What was the craziest thing that you ever had happen at work? Brad, you go first. I want to go last. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> no, you know what? I think I should start because uh, because it's it's not that crazy, frankly. <laughs> okay, go ahead. <laughs> so I was um, working at the grocery store and putting the carts away, and Sebastian Bach pulls up. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait. Um, yeah, no, no. Deja vu. <laughs> this is a very quick story, and it's sort of the opposite of the teenagers are smart with the scams routine. Okay, okay. So, when I, w- I was working at the bookstore, and this may have had a little bit of something to do with why I got laid off of that job. I think fired is probably the more accurate yeah. term, but we were almost closing. This person comes in. This was also just as a reminder in Las Vegas. But this person comes in, gave me a tw- what I thought was a twenty asked me for some change. I gave back change for a 20 and he said, no, I gave you a hundred. And because I was an idiot, I said, Oh, sorry about that. And gave him change for a hundred. Of course I came up short and then I was, I learned a big, big lesson (laughs) that you sometimes learn when you're a young person at a job that, um, that somebody totally scammed me and I was just foolish. Yeah. So that was a, a bummer. So it was, I guess I was technically robbed, but I sort of helped a lot in that case. So you were, you were conned. That's what you were. You were conned. And it was like the stupidest con too. And it was Did so look like John Cusack where he flashes the five for the 20 for the beer and then actually gives him the five. Oh yeah. No, because then at least it would have been somebody who looked like John Cusack and it would have been at least worthwhile or something, you know, but now it was just dumb, but even dumb John, all the way through. Even John Cusack didn't look like John Cusack in the grifters. So that's true. Yeah, that's a good point. Okay, so I get to go second, right? Yeah. I'm going to steal the story here. No way that Brad beats me on this one, okay? Cast your mind back to when I'm delivering newspapers for the St. Pete Times. <laughs> this is 
probably 1984. I just got my driver's license. So I'm able to drive now to and from work. Now, this was the era when condoms weren't such like an open topic and you could just, oh, I feel free to go to the grocery store and buy a pack of condoms. I mean, condoms still had this whole sort of era. Mystique about yes, them. Yeah. exactly. And so at that time, me and my friends who all worked the same repulsive job, you know, being delivery carriers. <laughs> so what we used to do was in the middle of every Saturday shift, like around like one thirty in the morning while we we're waiting for these other papers to arrive, we would go to like this convenience store around the corner and get like, you know, donuts and energy drinks and all sorts of sugar. But the most important thing was that the, the um, bathrooms at this convenience store had a condom <laughs> that actually had condoms in it. And it didn't have just condoms. It had like special condoms. Like it had like <laughs> French ticklers and ribbed for her pleasure. <laughs> and we were all like, what the hell are these? Like we didn't have any idea. What the hell's a French tickler? These are from France. Yeah. So we, so this one time we were there, Oh, we no, we've lost Brad. <laughs> oh, this is amazing. So we started feeding the machine porters. And we're like, we're gonna we're gonna check out every kind of condom they have because I, I have no idea what they're talking about. And uh so we buy like <laughs> ten condoms. And we're all in my car because I'm I was the first one who had a driver's license to drive. And so we all we all get in my car, we're all opening up these these condoms and looking at them like, what the hell is this thing at the end of the French tickler? It's like, I don't, I don't get that at all. What the hell is this supposed to do? And, you know, I, you know, why is this, you know, ribbed for her pleasure? I don't get it. So we opened up all these condoms and we we're just looking at them like, I don't get it. Whatever. Let's anyway, let's go back to work. So the night ends, it's around four or five in the morning and I'm driving home probably about a five or six mile drive back to my place. And I get pulled over because it turns out my headlights weren't on. The, the road that I was on, mm-hmm. I, I was probably kind of tired, but the road I was on was real, really well lit, and I couldn't quite tell that. You know, I'm 16 years old. What the hell? Yeah. So he pulls. He's trying to get Do home. Do you know why man. I pulled you over? I'm like, no, I really don't. He's like, well, your headlights aren't on. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize that. And he's, he's like, hold on a second. <laughs> Calls into his radio. <laughs> so all suddenly, all these cop cars show up all around me. I'm like, what the hell's going on? I'm like, well, where, were you, where were you tonight, son? I'm like, well, I was up doing my job, being a delivery guy, you know, for the St. Pete Times and <laughs> bagging newspapers. And like, I, this is the time I get off and I drive home. And like, you know, you have, have you been drinking? No, no, no. Have you been on a date or anything? You're like, no, no, no. Just <laughs> on this job, you know, just, just self-pleasuring. <laughs> thing I do. You're like, okay, well, you know. I mean, there's like six cop cars around me. And they're all like looking at each other and talking to each other. And I'm like, okay, I, like, I just, sorry. I didn't realize it's, so it's a well-lit yeah. road. I didn't realize I'll turn my lights on. I'll be careful. <laughs> so I can, okay. Drive home safely. You know, okay, fine. And I start to pull away and I look over and I realize in my passenger seat are all these condoms that are all opened and just laying there. <laughs> like 10 of them, <laughs> all of them just right there. Like, like it's some sort of condom buffet. <laughs> I'm like, ah, I'm like, oh, no, no wonder. I'm like, of course, of course. I, I got home safe, and now I know what a French tickler is. So there we go. 
Um, okay, Brad, take it away. Okay, so <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm going to give you the short version of this story because I could tell this one for this. This could drag out, but just out of respect for our listeners, I'll, I'll keep this from the the full moth version of this story to the simple one. So I mentioned that I worked at the movie theaters in Oklahoma. Yeah. And the guy that owned the theaters in town, there were a couple of walk-ins, and we also had a drive-in. So it was about, I don't know, it was maybe two or three weeks before we moved to California, and I was supposed to work at the drive-in, and I got a call from the girl that I work with. She's like, hey, I have to work my other job tonight. Can you cover box office for me? I'm like, yeah, sure, fine. So I never worked the box office there. Like, this was the maybe one or two times I'd ever been out there. You know, I'm sitting out there selling tickets. It's like four bucks a car or whatever. People are coming in, and then the, the movie started, and things kind of calmed down. If I remember correctly, I was writing a letter to somebody. Remember back when we used to write people letters? Because I didn't have anything to do until the next show started. And I hear this, you know, footsteps crunching from up from behind the booth. You've seen a drive-in booth. You know, it's like a little brick building. It's about the size of two phone booths, right? And so this guy comes up to the window and sticks a gun in my face and says, give me all your money. I'm like, holy crap. These are moments where time really does slow down a little bit. And it was like about a... Boom, boom, about that long. Okay, yeah, you know, here, he gives me a bag. And I'm like, yeah, here, take this money. You know, do you want my wallet too? So I'm putting the money in the bag. And as I'm doing this, the owner is leaving to go next door to the new theater that we just opened the summer before. And he looks over from the exit lane, which is maybe 50 yards in front of me, and he sees this guy leaning on the window. And he assumes it's one of my friends, right? So he's like, you know, Brad, you should know better than to have someone out there talking to you when you're supposed to be working. <laughs> and so his lights are off because, you know, he was just in the drive-in theater. So he's driving out with his lights off and he's like, he's pulls around like he's going to give me a piece of his mind. So I, I'm completing the transaction. You know, here's the money, giving them the bag. And the owner is coming into the gravel lane. As the guy turns to go, he sees the gun. Oh. And so owner of the theater jams on the gas like he's gonna run this guy over but because he's on gravel he spins out just a little bit and it's enough that the guy hears him coming and he turns and starts to run and my boss just clips him and knocks him over you know the little white fences that they have at the edge of the drive-in back in the old days yeah clips him over that and he runs off into the darkness like i don't know where he went I'm, i'm sitting in this lit booth and there's a guy out there running around and so in the meantime, the owner is like, got, you know, now he's really going. He's got his foot in the gas and he fishtails it around the booth. And he's yelling as he goes around, where'd he go? Where'd he go? And I'm like, I don't know. I can't see a thing. It's like, call the cops. And he tears off trying to find the guy. So, and I get on the phone. I don't think there was 911 then. I don't think so. Anyway, called the cops. What's your emergency? Oh, I'd like to report an armed robbery at, you know, the 40 West Drive in uh, west of town on Route 66. And so what happens next? They put me on hold. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So I'm on hold. You know, now I realize that I'm on hold because they're putting the call out, right? But I'm on hold, and I'm like, okay, there's a guy out there with a gun, and I'm standing in a glass room, a well-lit glass room. Like, what am I doing? So I, like, dive for the floor. I'm, like, basically laying on the floor waiting for this person to come back on. And they're like, okay. You know, so the dispatcher comes back on. She's like, they'll be there in just a minute. You know, okay, cool. So within about probably not even five minutes, all four Weatherford cop cars come zooming by up up Route 66 to go and try and find this guy. Now, let's back up in the story a little bit. When the guy got clipped and bumped over the fence, he ran up the road to where the getaway car was parked, which was in front of the house that was on the other side of the walk-in theater that I'd mentioned. 
Well, the family that lived in that house saw this all going on and were like, hmm, that's interesting. I think they just robbed the drive-in. And they went and piled in their family car and chased after these guys. <laughs> <laughs> By the time the cops catch up with the escape van, the farm family had them pulled over on the side of the road. I, st- I have no idea how that wow. happened. That part of the story doesn't make any sense to me. But so the cops pull up. The family truckster is behind the getaway van, and they're all sitting on the shoulder of, you know, Route 66 through Western Oklahoma. And the guy gets out, you know, gets out of the van and makes tries to make a run for it across the, the farmland. And so, you know, the cop gets out of his car, he's got the spotlight on him, you know, stop, I'm going to shoot. He has to set the light down so he can shoot the rifle, he shoots one round, he misses the guy, but he stops. And they bring him and they arrest him at the end. So, did you have to, like, did you have to testify at a trial or anything? Well, so I had to go down to the station and fill out a police report, which actually I had to see if I could get a copy of that. It's probably been destroyed at this point. It was 30 something years ago. You know, and I call my mom and, you know, I tell her and to me, you know, like you're 17, right? So like I'm invincible. That bullet would have bounced right off of me. You know, hey, I just want to let you know I'm coming home a little early tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I got robbed at gunpoint. It's just like, what? You know, of course, now I can appreciate how freaked out she was. But I'm like, yeah, you know, it's just a good story. They never found the gun. The theater owner and I are the only people that's ever saw the gun. I didn't have to go back. We moved to California, like I said, within a couple of weeks, and I never heard anything more wow. about it. I assume the guy just played it put out. But at least one or two of my friends are like, oh, Jesus, you're telling that story on the podcast. <laughs> oh, I've heard that so many times. I'm like, I've been dying to tell this story on the show. Well, it is very that's dramatic. very good. Brad. Well told. It was cr- it was crazy. Well, uh, to be fair, that is like if if there are life stories you have, that's probably the one I've told the most times. Yeah, I mean, I hear the Chips theme song in my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> you know what theme song I hear in my head right now? Condom buffet. The Seggies. Ah, yes, the return of I Want My Mystery TV theme song. Uh, here's a segment where we play a segment of a TV theme song from the 80s. If you can get it right, you win swag. Uh, spo- Eternal glory. <laughs> Spoiler alert. You all suck. Here was last week's, here was last week's clip. Yeah. You're, it's rolling around your head right now, and you still don't know it, do you? Because nobody got it right. So um, it's only happened a few times. We're going to play a extended version of it now, and you'll get another chance. Ready? Pay attention. Here it comes. You need a lot of things, pal. That doesn't mean you're going to get them. <laughs> if you know it. Email us at podcast at sit80s.com and tune in next week to find out if you are not as lame as we think you are. It's time for one of those amazing commercials. Now you can compete in the Olympics too. Play McDonald's. When the U.S. wins, you win Olympic games and win up to 10,000 instantly. Or keep your cards. And when the U.S. wins your event, you win a Big Mac, regular fries, or a Coca-Cola. So go to McDonald's and get your game cards today, because when the U.S. wins, you win. Hey, 
You must want to work pretty bad. I need to work. You think you can make something of yourself? I think I can make something of myself. How do you feel about slave wages? Slave wages are fine. How do you feel about alcoholics? I like alcoholics. back we have just a few minutes left let's talk about like if right now you could construct a dream job for yourself what would it be let's go with brad uh hmm i think i would like to fix old electrical things like let's say electromechanical pinball machines i think that would be right that would be, I, I can see that for you i can totally yeah. see that. i would love that brad would it be accurate to call that a tinkerer yeah i think yes so. but i want to I want to get, you know, I'm not like a traditional tinker who fixes pans and wanders around with a bunch of crap on their back. Right. (laughs) Maybe not wearing pants. Hey, now, I always mostly usually wear some sort of leg covering. I've never seen you other than fully fully dressed, I can admit. So as well as we know each other. Well, we'll have to fix that. We'll have to fix that this (laughs) March. No, no. (laughs) So, Jen, if you could like have a, if you could like concoct a dream job for yourself, what would it be? So I... Once in college, took a um, one of those computer program things to see what you'd be good at, okay, sure. what would suit your personality or whatever, and it came back um, cruise director. <laughs> that would be great for you, you uh, right? Be- I think I'd be really good at it, but that's not it. I actually oh. had an op- not an opportunity. No, no, no. It, it, it's on a cruise, yes. But once I was on a cruise um, with my family, and there was a an opening for a librarian on the cruise. You want to be and a I was like, cruise I want this job so bad. <laughs> you want to be a librarian so on a cruise ship? Yes. Yeah, so then I'd get to be a librarian, which is my actual, like, when I retire, then I'm going to go and get my master's in library sciences so I can become a librarian because I love libraries and oh I love God. knowing things. Oh, my gosh. That's so, awesome. I love that plan. Yeah, right? So that's my, that's, that's my dream job is to be a librarian on a cruise ship because then I could still, like, host trivia games and, and do the conga and stuff, but then also recommend books to the passengers. <laughs> no, we don't have any Dan Brown. Have you tried something written in English? Oh, my oh, God. That's not nice. no. I, like, I like Dan anyway, Brown. Actually, I would say Dan Brown is one of the most perfect vacation reads. Uh, yeah, I agree. definitely light. Definitely light. Steve, what about you? Hit us. To quote Freddy in Dirty Rotten Scoundrels, I want this. <laughs> this. <laughs> I, I would love to do stuck in the eighties full time. Like I would love for this to make me a living. Yeah. Like I would love to write a blog or contribute to a magazine and write a book if I ever had the patience for that. And do this podcast and make that a living. If I could do that, that would be what I would want to do. I want to do this. I would but hitch my <laughs> wagon to that star. Anyway, thanks for indulging us on our stories of jobs uh, from the crazy eighties. We would love to hear your stories. So if you have a crazy job story from the 80s, please email us at podcast at sit.com 
We will share your story with the masses. It will be very therapeutic for myself as I go through this hell that is searching for a new job, whether it be Orlando or somewhere else. And in the meantime, we salute those who work at bookstores, McDonald's, paper routes, and <laughs> drive-in movie theaters. Yeah, baby. <laughs> because we remain here, hopelessly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is a member of the CLNS Media Network. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for our theme music. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or the CLNS Media mobile app. I quit! Oh, Gil. Forget it. Phil brought you some big clients. You're happy. Gil... I'm just going to call my clients, give them the news, and I'm out of here. Friday's my last day. Don't make me a party. Gil. Dave.